Let's hurry up and finish recording this podcast so I can get back to watching the Venture Brothers. <laughs> Going off with RC and Muse. Did you happen to catch the SNL skit? No. Uh, where Jim Carrey was playing as Biden? No. I can't bring myself to watch a second of Saturday Night Live. Can't do it. Exactly. The, see, you know, I was right there with you. Like, I was like, I don't want to fucking whatever. But then they're like, Jim Carrey. And I was like, Jim Carrey, though, like, actually got a couple of legit laughs out of me, and it was a, like, genuine, like, good impression. I was like, oh, damn, he actually, like, hmm, because it's interesting. I guess just, like, in general, it's not like Jim Carrey's always been, like, the perfect guy at comedy. He's always been way too over the top. So now, as an old man who has to slow down, it's like, this actually works. (laughs) Like, you should probably have just been a cast member on this as an old man, and so that you would be calmed down and we could just enjoy, you know, the best of your skits. It's like, it's like with Robin Williams, uh, except the opposite, where it's just like, oh, you, well, no, Robin Williams never slowed down, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember the comedy special he did in the 2000s on, on, on Broadway. You saw that one, right? Yeah, and I was just like, wow, this is just as manic as I, uh, probably even more so, like, I'm and I can't follow what's happening. There's a point where uh, Jim Carrey as Biden goes like, makes a quite the insinuation as to like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, uh, the person who's been making things hard for everyone was taught a lesson about uh, this virus? Like some sort of wording where it's like, he didn't say that he hopes that he gets coronavirus, but, uh, and so like before the skit had like came on, they were like, you know, um, we put this, like they had like a specific warning, like, hey, you know, we put this up because we felt, you know, we had to put it up and be honest. And I was just like, in my mind, I'm thinking, what offensive thing is SNL That said? is so funny. <laughs> Holy shit. So just to have that moment of, oh, <laughs> like, like that was like just valuable in and of itself in the fact that I didn't know, like I hadn't seen this skit before seeing it after, or, like, you know, Trump had already gotten it. You know what I mean? And it was like three days later, I think when he had gotten it. So, and I had seen this skit like four days later. <laughs> yeah. I wonder when they filmed that because it came out like Friday that he had it. Yeah. So they were like, oh, well, I mean, we can't just not run it now. Uh, right. right. <laughs> it's like, accident- accidentally controversial, just the way I like my SNL. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know damn well they're not going to try specifically. Exactly. Exactly. Any bit of controversy or, or comedy, for the most part, uh, is accidental. Finding out that, like, yeah, not only is, like, oh, yeah, Trump's got it, and all these other people, like, it's riddled all throughout his campaign having it now, like, we're finding out, and it's just like, wow, whoa, wait a minute, you guys actually buy your own con? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just really having that mask, <laughs> pardon the expression, mask off moment of, like, wait, you actually weren't wearing, well, this whole time, like, because, you know, you usually assume, you know, wh- whenever there's these type of dystopian movies, you know, it's like, oh, uh, the, the purge for thee, but not for me, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, you guys can do all that mask off shit, but seriously, get, get the peasants to do my groceries, and I'm not actually going outside. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm not sure how much material we're going to have for the first album we're looking at today. Hey, it's okay. This fucking album, this podcast doesn't need to be that long. Um, yeah, gonads, gonads. All right, so. All up in your face. We've got two album requests. Gonads. Th- <laughs> this week. 
And we're gonna start with a. F- we're gonna lower them. <laughs> we're gonna start. Lower one and then the other. <laughs> God damn it! One's a little droopier than the other, so that one's gotta come first. Oh, come on now. <laughs> we gotta start with a fan favorite, the independently produced album. And this time we've got Constructivist with That's Plenty. Though they were Swedish. Are they Swedish? I was looking up on, uh, well, it's, they were speaking Russian during one of the songs, so. Oh, well. I, I couldn't tell. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, okay? So this wasn't very good, but during the parts where they are rapping in Russian, it almost works for me in a sense that I honestly think that this really does come down to translation issues and mm. issues where maybe rapping in your own in your first language might not work the same flow wise and it's really hard to adjust i can imagine that would be the case that's very hard to flip that switch and okay now i got to make that sound good in english I'm going to disagree with you. I, I think this is pretty bad from top to bottom, uh, regardless of... Wait, hold on a second. Just a second. See, I saw Promise uh, at points, and I will say, whoever did the production on here, I really liked uh, most of the the instrumentals. The first two tracks had really good instrumentals, although they don't. I don't know if they work... In this context? Sorry, goddammit. I, I had to kill Spider. <laughs> oh. See, like, I think they were, like, more like 90s, almost Eurobeat-type beats, and I appreciate that in its own way, but I don't know if rapping on top of it... I don't know if it's the right genre of, a, of an instrumental for what they were going for, so it just kind of sounded a bit clunky. I want to say, I love you, I appreciate the donation... But if you're paying for, you know, if you're paying me for this, man, I'm gonna be honest with you, this is awful, like, atrocious to listen to. Now, now look. Even, even in terms of like, oh, the sound quality, no, 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 I can give an artist that. I can be like, oh, you know, and like, you know, oh, yeah, it's not language, like, yeah, I can give you that, but like, no, never have I gotten such an immediate dip in being able to enjoy a song. And it happened every time the track started, it would just be like... Oh, well, maybe then... No, I can't even get anything out of this, and he's just rapping about nothing. Now, I don't remember you being nearly, nearly, and I'm not trying to pit people against each other here, but I don't remember you being nearly this hateful against Young Seagull. And I I thought this was better than Young Seagull. (laughs) Honestly, no. Wow. (laughs) This is worse. That I I could at least mm -mm. listen to. Like, at some point during some of those tracks, I could listen and be like, Oh, he's going for some sort of cryptic... Okay, I can start... With this, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. There's one track where they say, Fuck Ben Shapiro and fuck Jordan Peterson. That's bullshit on parade, yeah. And, like... But it's not even worth listening to it for that, because, like... The instrumental just sounds like such a podunk version of the, you know, the track that it's referencing. I did think that was a bit cringy, especially if it's an EP on SoundCloud. You might as well just sample the damn thing. Yeah, like if you're if it's gonna be this cheap, yeah. You might as well just use the actual beat. I know this is a reference few will get, but in the '90s, WCW sometimes they would rework already existing songs to be entrance themes for people by just mm-hmm. like changing a couple notes. Like, hey, it sounds sounds like smells like Teen Spirit, but a couple of notes are reversed. 
five. Oh, see, I'm not disagreeing that this was uh, poorly done. I will absolutely agree that there are definitely uh, shortcomings. I'll say that. But I at least saw a promise here. In Run Ooh. From the Boss, I thought that I was not a fan of the, and I will say this, not at all a fan of the really all up on the microphone, low talking flow on that one. I could do without that, where it's almost like you're maybe trying not to let the boss hear. I would say the worst track on here would be uh, Tinder Small Talk. There's a few different folks on there, and it makes it that much harder to follow because no one's on the same page. And I'm getting very small incomplete thoughts and then I'm on to the next one and it's like alright, I don't know what that last guy was saying and now I'm on to someone else. See, I, I'm not sure how many dudes we're even dealing with here. At least two, maybe three. I don't know. For me, as I'm listening to it, I just, I, I thought of like other rappers are like independent and you know they're foreign rappers, right? And so they're rapping with an accent and lots of people immediately dismiss them and part of it is because you know, there's that assumption that foreign artists are like amateur hour because they're just trying to imitate, you know, American artists and like barely even mastering like, you know, basic flows. And this just sounds like Euro trash that, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounds like a bunch of Euro trash white boys fucking around on Fruity Loops. And oh, if it came out, oh, you know what? Like, and so I, I'm of two minds. I was thinking like, um, like, is this a joke? Because if it is, it's just not that funny. And it's not trying hard enough to be ridiculous. And if it is being taken seriously, oh my God, do you have to go back to the drawing board on this shit? Like, because I'm just not invested in anything he's doing in these songs. Like, with the type of songs that he's doing, it feels like it's like, oh, it's more of the cryptic lyricism that I'm going for. But like, I'm not able to follow anything that you're freaking saying. And it sounds like nothing. And it's just like... Okay, you've got to take some more time to make me feel what you're doing and lay out the flow because it's like, it's like, do you want to listen to this? Do you want to listen back to you garbling and tripping over your flows? This like that's the biggest issue I have is the flow. I know you're going to disagree with me on this. I think it would have made a marginable difference if it was structured out better. I think that's its biggest deterrent. Honestly, I didn't have a problem following what they were saying. The beat was just hard to follow. The flow was hard to follow. I mean, I just want to quote this one bit. Because they were nice enough to give me the lyrics on, on SoundCloud, so I was actually able to read along to this. Top hat in public, bottom in private. I didn't mind that line, I thought that was pretty clever. Tired of the repetition of algorithms. Guess I'll take a drink and try my luck like a man out of prison. Drink till I'm gone and party until the sun and crying I'm done and party until I'm not... Like, that, like, okay, whoa. Why did that go on so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you had an alright flow going there, and then just that one part, like, crammed in there, like, whoa, alright. I think that's the biggest problem, is the flow. Like, it's trying to impress me, but it's so following over itself that, like, I'm clearly not impressed, you know? like I'm gonna say this, it sounds like they wrote the lyrics before they had beats in mind. Oh, that definitely because sounds like Because it. Yeah. it sounds like you're trying to put what you had written down, mm -hmm. and then it's like, nah, this doesn't fit, but you only have four beats. I knew so beats. many rappers that were like, yeah. So, gotta make it work. If it's not gonna work on track one, you gotta put it on track four. It's one of those. <laughs> and I feel like I say this every week, but 
almost all four of these tracks are essentially finished by minute one and a half. Yeah. And then they go on for another two minutes of, Another minute like, and a half at least. Nothing. Yeah, minute and a half to two minutes of just the beat that I thought sounded okay, but I don't <laughs> need to hear it this long. Yeah, every song wears out, it's welcome. Like, and there's only four. Yeah. Are, are, are you saying that's plenty? Four is plenty? <laughs> More than enough. Aww. It's a plethora in this case. Oh, no. Overflowing. My cup runneth over. I gave this a one and a half. Uh, I gave it a zero. Zero. No, See, no love. <laughs> Absolutely no love. I'm not trying to pit them against each other, but damn, like, after hearing Young Seagull, I can't. I can't Dude. in good faith believe and agree with you that this is worse. I see some sort of potential and the young seagull got to, to flip into some cannibal ox type of shit with what he's doing. Eh. You know what I'm saying? With this, I'm just like, I just don't know what's happening and don't care. You know, like, I'm just not yeah. able to even invest myself. And so it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even muster up that from this. Cool. I imagine that this is going to be a trend. Us disagreeing. Let's head on to our second <laughs> oh, album. Uh oh! <laughs> Let's see what happens. You're gonna get a little spicy. Sign Oh the Times by Prince, Woo! requested by uh, IBXCV. Yes. Thank you so much for your request. Mm. Yo, oh, I'm gonna kick it over to you, my man. Yeah. What did you think of your boys? Times album. <laughs> Let okay. me know what you what, <laughs> lay it on me. <laughs> I'm gonna say this: if I think my opinion on this album would have been affected a little bit if I hadn't had read that people consider this to be his best album, that people consider mm. this to be one of the best albums of the '80s, one of the Ooh. best albums of the genre. Because oh. no, fuck <gasps> no, absolutely oh. no. This is overrated as hell. Okay. Clutch the pearls, Muse! Say it ain't so! Oh, take off the gloves! This album was alright <laughs> at best. I don't Uh-oh. understand how anyone can find any enjoyment out of this Camille mm. character he's trying to put on. I read up on this album a little bit here. Camille? Wait, what? Camille? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What's happening? Okay. <laughs> History lesson time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, this is the first album Prince put out after disbanding the revolution. And maybe I'm a little salty about this, but I read a little story a while ago. Is this going to be like American Idiot all over again? Where... <laughs> What's that? Where I'm like, I'm coming to like, man, you know, I, I had, like, for me, I hadn't really listened to as much Prince when it came down on the Prince-MJ divide. I was on the MJ side. My, my mom was just raising that. So, like, I heard the singles... But, like, I never really listened to, like, a full album. Prince was, like, one of those mainstream guys that you knew was good, but yeah. you just knew he was good. So there was just no question. You know what I mean? Right. Like, So this was, like, my first time, I do believe, like, hearing, like, sitting down and listening to a full album. I've listened to a few, actually. Um, Since, since he passed away, I was inspired. Well, we listened to the Prince album, the latest one he did, um, um, the artificial intelligence one. We did review one of those, yeah. And I loved that album. I and mean, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, this this is this guy 
20 years, at least 20 to 30 years past what would be considered to be his prime, still knocking it absolutely out of the park with this shit. <laughs> I did kind of feel like, as listening to this, I was just like, wow, and this was his best in the 80s, and the stuff he did later still sounds better than, <laughs> like, oh my god, he just only got better? Jesus! Not just <laughs> like, best in the 80s, let me reiterate, people consider <laughs> this to be his best period of his entire mm. discography. This is the best one. So, history goes, Prince invites Wendy and Lisa, two uh, female members of the revolution, over for dinner. It's, okay, I'm them, imagining the crushed velvet and oh, all that good stuff. Oh, sits them yes. down, they're talking, they're chatting, have a, having a great night. Alright, ladies, that was a real fun time. You know, we, we, I hope we get to see each other again sometime. Oh, by the way, you're out of the band. Oh, Prince is a fucking dick. What the fuck? You go invite him over and give him lobsters and scampi and all that shit, and they'd be like, "Oh, BT Dubs, uh, peace." So the revolution is no more. R.I.P. The revolution's over. Prince decides, okay, I'm going to release an album that I'm not gonna say is me. I'm not gonna put my name on it. I'm going to do it as this alter ego. Camille, a female artist, where it's basically oh, me, so? and I'm just gonna pitch my voice up a little bit higher than usual, and I'm gonna put this album out and see how it goes. Warner Brothers is like, no the fuck we're not. We're not putting an album out that doesn't have your name on it, because it's not gonna sell. Okay, fine. <laughs> how about this? I had another idea, where it was a double-disc album of songs I did with the Revolution... But I also put that Camille album on there also and sell it as a triple album. Warner Brothers is like, again, fucking no way. Okay, I just want to say, I just want to say, like, Prince is like, it's so way to see, it's like, Prince, you're being, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, righteous, you know, artists, you know, like he, we should be believing in everything he does because arts, artists should be allowed to do whatever they want. But as soon as you get into the weeds of it, it does got to be like, all right, Prince, man, come on, like... What the fuck do you expect? So, they're like... What do you expect? So, again, they're like, no way, no one's gonna buy a triple disc set. We're not doing that. So, he's like, okay, fine. How about I take some songs I had laid out for my follow-up album, take a couple of those songs from the Camille session... Squeeze those in there, take one or two songs from the Revolution days, put them in there, sell it as a double disc? There we have. Sign O oh, the Times. Now, Camille, Camille Shulamazel, comes up on this album a couple times and is by far my least favorite aspect of this album. The Camille voice can be heard on such tracks such as Housequake! Oh! Shut up already! Damn! As I listened to this album, I remember someone describing to me, like, this album is like a house party, and each different room is like a different room of funk. Oh, every and song so is a different room, yeah. 
And so, you know, you're hearing the party of what's happening in the last one. And and so, like, when I was in that ma- mindset, that actually, oddly enough, made Housequake my favorite one. Wow. Like, originally, it, yeah, like, I didn't like the harshness of his voice because I like Prince's voice normally. And I like when it's just him singing. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can hear the full richness and how he contorts his voice normally. So when I heard a song like this, like, out in the wild, it's just like, no, why is he doing that? I don't like this. But then to hear, like, to hear that it's interrupting what's happening to before and be like shut up already <laughs> you know like it felt like the sort of um um what's the name of that character from fucking the fifth element the chris tucker yeah. type of character is like yeah Rob. he's annoying but you're not gonna forget about him you know what i'm saying like i thought prince trying to rap on this track was for me really embarrassing and annoying i couldn't Honestly. fuck with this song at all it's my second <laughs> least favorite song on the whole album it would have been it would have been my lowest rated song on the album if it wasn't for you guessed it the other camille track if i was your girlfriend worst track on the fucking album get this out of here let's have a conversation how can anyone (laughs) earnestly enjoy If I was your girlfriend, this song is so fucking annoying. Get it out of here. What is happening on this song? What is happening? Just by the time he's like, please. (laughs) Stop. No, 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 no. I actually enjoy that. No. I enjoy that. No. <laughs> I enjoy that for how weird it is. Again, Ugh. like, Prince is this guy, who, like, as I'm listening to this album, again, when I catch these songs out in the wild, they don't hit me the right way. But when it's like, welcome to the weird world of Prince, uh. now you're in this weird land. And this was hitting me in a weird way, but... This was one of those songs where it was pushing to the limit my ability to enjoy what was happening because there was just too much incoherence. Because, like, as I listen to these songs, like, I get white people like Prince. There's just something so weirdly alluring about how he's writing these songs. And I was just like... Wait, 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 let me finish, let me finish, though, because it's like, normally, there's a way that is alluring to how he writes his songs. Mm -hmm. But in this one, it just feels so, like, incomplete and confusing, where it's just like, wait... If I was your girlfriend, would you remember to tell me all the things you forgot when I was your man? I'm like, oh, oh, I think, okay, I think I see what he's getting going for here, right? And he's like, you know, men and women, they just don't communicate, you know, and okay. It's like, would you let me dress you? I mean, would you help you help help you pick out your clothes before we go out? And I'm thinking like, oh. Okay, maybe there's like challenging, you know, gender norms, you know, and it's like, oh, not that you're helpless, but you know, sometimes that's just what being in love is about. So, you know, let me pick your clothes. Just let me be the one who picks your clothes. And it's just like, what? Oh. Huh? Like, is this how he's being? Po- this is such a weird way to be possessive, but you're not sure if that's what's happening because you think it's supposed to be challenging, but it's. Yeah. Like, I, and what? Like, you just don't know what feeling you're supposed to get. Especially in the lens that he is supposed to be singing it as this female character. Oh, no, I'm even more confused. It's so it's supposed to be a girl singing if I was your. <laughs> That just muddles it because yeah. because you typically expect oh hey I'm a guy singing if I was your girlfriend oh you know girls have girlfriends yeah, yeah. that's what but, I thought yeah uh, no no I'm so even more confused and and because I remember TLC did a like remix song of this and oh, I remember yeah. enjoying that one so much more because it's just so much more directly coherent with what it's talking about you know what yeah. I mean because I'm just like wait what. <laughs> 
Like, I, is he supposed to be bad? Is this just, uh, we don't understand? I just don't know. So, yeah, th that's the one where it, it works the least. And the sense on this just sounds so, like, podunk. Yeah, okay. I wanted to address that, too. Starting right off the bat with Sign O the Times, I immediately said out loud, I miss the revolution because holy shit. Oh, the way it's so stripped down. Yeah, yeah. Prince fell in love with this drum machine and it is all over this album and it sounds mm. so cheap. Y you know what it is? I think in, in 87, it probably sounded cooler at the time. I don't know, man. Since by 87 had went past that, maybe not an R&B. I don't know. Well, I, I'll say this. As someone who just did, you know, we just did uh, on my Twitch, we we go through the Billboard Top 100 songs, and I just got through all of the 80s. And I couldn't say this with absolute clarity, that this album that I am listening to is the best the 80s had to offer. Because, <laughs> like, as, at least as far as the top 40 is concerned. Let me let me clarify. As far as the top 40 is concerned, because, you know, when you get below the top 40 and the stuff that didn't, like, yeah, of course, there's stuff that's, like, you know, way bigger and challenging. But as far as top 100, shit was so boring and sleepy and, like, and this, this plastic drum shit, that was still everywhere. Like, going into 1991, it got even worse, dude. Like, we're, I, we're going through right now and it's just like like we had forgotten the depths to which this plastic shit had gotten to the point where like as i'm listening to this i was like oh my god this like actually sounded clear like this sounded fucking revolution i'm gonna say fucking revolutionary compared to the boring the boring shit that was on the radio at the time in fact uh there was one track in particular play in the sunshine which i was listening to like and, and, and this is what i think it's like it's like i'm enjoying these songs as they were and then when i put it in the context of like again as we were going through the 80s list and listening on the on the twitch stream it was like so many 80s songs were trying to sound like the 60s and 50s and it would just be like no, that's not it. You're just like doing a cheap imitation. And this sound like so sounded like it was breathing new life into that. It was like, oh yeah, we're going with the 60s, but ah, fuck that. I'm gonna give you a little fucking rocking guitar solo. Give me some of that, motherfucker. You know what I mean? And he's like cussing and like rapping and talking in certain, like he's using certain affectations in such a weirdly modern way that sounds like, like there were certain times where I was just like, holy shit, this sounds like Andre 3000, but better than The Love Below? Like, what the fuck? Like, this sounds like, and you know, granted, Love Below was Andre doing something experimental where it wasn't him at his best, but like, it's just crazy to think like, wow, Andre 3000 inspired me with what he was doing, and like, this sounds like, oh yeah, no, now I understand why this people would consider Andre, that album, to be the cheap imitation of this, because holy shit, he sounds so fucking smooth and cool on some of these albums, where he like slips in a little rapping, you know, Housequake, alright, I'll give you that one, but like, later on on one of these, uh, on one of these tracks, he just like slips into a rap real quick, where it was just like, whoa, what year was this? Because this sounded cooler than fucking other rappers rapping it. And then I was like, 1987? I think it's going to be a beautiful night. Is it that one? Oh, yeah, the uh, the live track? Yeah, because he, like, he's, like, playing around, and, of course, like, he's being the, like, there's elements of him, like, you know, uh, doing, like, the James Brown, like, oh, we're going to get you live and do some real shit, you know what I mean? Like, to give you that real energy of it, and then there's time where he just, like, slips in, like, oh, he's just, like, sort of, like, talking real fast but on the beat, but, like, trying to be smooth with it, and, like, it just comes out, like, a really smooth, like, mini rap in, in the level that, like, okay, 
going we're now going into 1989-1990 uh on my Twitch stream, right? So, now we're being introduced to all of the um there was a lot more uh, uh new jack swing rapping than I was expecting. Uh a lot more Bobby Brown rapping, a lot more uh uh Millie Vanilli rapping than I would remembered. It's tied for my favorite uh song on the album and surprise surprise this song was recorded live with, you guessed them, The Revolution. Oh no, oh, that makes it feel sunny. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> oh, fuck off. Oh, Listen to how that fun really brought it home the energy like, oh, yeah, look at- on that song. <laughs> oh, everyone coming together. Don't you wish there was more of that energy throughout don't, the album? Don't you wish that you could be a part of this... Uh, new age uh, parliament funkadelic level shit that's going on. You know, this isn't your dad's uh, funk music. We're bringing it into the 80s, you know, with my band, you know? <laughs> when 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 they do actually break into the fucking guitar solos, just giving me some type of respite from that drum machine, anything different is like, ooh, that is why the other song tied with um, it's gonna, it's gonna be a wonderful night, a beautiful night, would be my other favorite track, Hot Thing. Because god damn, Hot Thing. The instrumental's sick. It's got that fuzzy bass and guitar riffs. It's such a this is the single. <laughs> I'm a real big fan of when Prince screams, not not in the Camille voice, but just like that, ah, voice. You know the one. There was one time where it was like, okay, that's, that's sad. It's scraping a little bit. Nah, I like that. <laughs> I like when you can hear his voice kind of strain. Like, you can hear he's really trying. On It was where it was perfect. You know, where he's just like, Bleh! like, it sounds like his voice is literally, like, about to break apart. That was fucking like, dope. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hot Thing. I love the lyric, Hot Thing, barely 21. I was like, wow. You know, like, it's almost kind of conservative for, uh, <laughs> for a rock star. Uh, ooh, clutch the pearls, barely able to drink. <laughs> But can still vote, you know, I mean, you know. <laughs> Let's not go crazy here. <laughs> so, oh, I, I see what you did there. So, another track I would have liked a lot better if it wasn't for your girl Camille showing up, and I didn't even realize <laughs> the fucking big hit with Sheila E. You got the look, and here comes Camille. Why yeah, does she have to okay. be on this song, too? Because if it was just Sheila E, would have been fucking Dope. There was such a dope guitar solo at the end, too. It had so much going for it. I was just like, oh, 80s, you so horny, but oddly edited at some points. Like, he's like, it's like, oh, you've got the look. You sure enough do be cooking in my book. Your face is jamming. Your body's hecka slamming. Ah, yeah. Hecka slamming. I like that. <laughs> and then, if love is good, let's get to ramming. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Like, you went from hecka slamming to let's get to ramming. Like, whoa. Prince, you gotta go to horny jail. What are you doing? When, when, what is the limit exactly on what you can say? I love the fucking zero to 60. Not giving a fuck. Um, something else I wanted to bring up on playing the sunshine. This delirious light track. There is a very familiar voice. And I heard someone singing in the background. And I was like, huh. That sounds like Wendy from The Revolution. Who who is that? Oh, it's Susanna? Wendy's twin? Prince, what are you doing? I'm gonna kick Wendy out the group. And then I'm gonna have her twin that sounds exactly like her to sing on this track. You 
prick! Susanna shows up on three other tracks! Prince! If you were just gonna do that, just keep Wendy around! You fuck! That, that is quite baffling. Uh, I will say, okay, on Side of the Times, right? Yeah. Um, to, uh. to, to your point of saying that, yeah, it's so stripped down. Again, initially, that's what I didn't enjoy. Uh, like, that's what I didn't enjoy about the track. Like, when I heard it in the wild. I guess it's just because of the lyrics and how they just caught me off guard. And especially with, like, how he used the offbeatness of the flow of what he was saying. My sister killed her baby because she couldn't afford to feed it and we're sending people to the moon. Like, wow, that's quite quite a contrast to bring up. Like, I think that's the first, like, one of the first lyrics. And then it's like, in September, my cousin tried Reaper for the very first time. Now he's doing horse. It's June. It's June. And, like, the way, like, it's so offbeat. Like, because you, you kind of forget what the rhyme was supposed to be. Like... Wait, yeah, it wasn't he supposed to rhyme, it's June? <laughs> like, oh shit, oh, damn, man. Shit's es- <laughs> All right, I get what you're saying, shit's escalating really quick. Like, it did such a good job of painting that picture, you know what I mean? Well, I was specifically also wanting to bring up the, the, the like, the rocket ships exploding, and wasn't that around the time the Challenger had happened? Um, like, around, yeah, you might be right. So it was just one of those things where it's just like, oh, this man is not playing with this fucking album. But then you get the next song where it's just like, Oh, come on, let's lighten it up. Uh, let me show you what I do. Oh, we're in the 80s, right? We're doing that We're doing that uh, flashback to the 60s shit. Okay, but watch how I do it, though. The fucking seriousness really does just start and end with the first track, really. Like, it doesn't really come back uh, too much, especially with tracks like Starfish and Coffee. I, 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 this, this is how I feel, though. Again, like, remember what I was saying? Like, it, it, I, I got that feeling of, like, we're just going to such different places. That yeah. It's just like... Songs didn't feel like it was just like, here's just a happy song, and here's just a sad song. It would be like, there's a certain color to this song. And like, yeah, the very first song is starkly like dark. The ne- very next song is starkly sunshiny and happy. And then it takes you on all these different places where like the very next song is like, shut up with that dumb shit you was just doing. Anyway, you know, it's fun. <laughs> like, and I fucking enjoyed little moments where he was just like, anybody know about the quake? And they're like, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's not even that there's jokes, but there's just timing that endears you to the character. There was one part that legit caught me off guard where he just is like, it sounds like he was caught off guard. He goes like, whoa, what was that? And you hear the people go, aftershock. <laughs> and it's like, but it just worked so well in a way where it just like, it actually sounded like, like you heard a little boom, 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 boom. And he goes like, what was that? Aftershock. <laughs> like, like he was actually like, what, what was that? <laughs> I really do think that's what, the power of sequencing. You know what I mean? And, and being brought into an experience. Then there's the Ballad of Dorothy Parker, which has, like, an interesting story, but kind of loses me halfway through. Yeah. You know, he's this real cool guy. He's like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting a fruit cocktail. I ain't too hungry. And she's like, ooh, you're not afraid to do something that would, I guess, be considered, you know, effeminate. So you're a cool guy. I'd definitely like to talk to you. And is this the appeal, right? Is it? Is it that sort of like, because in the song, you know, he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm this, you know, sort of non-threatening guy, and I won't push beyond my boundaries because I got a little thing going on, so I'm going to keep my jeans on when I get into the bathtub with you for some fucking reason um but you know it's supposed to show like his restraint you know what i mean like oh he's willing to be with her in this intimate moment but he's guaranteeing he's not going beyond a certain level there are some tracks where i think prince adds a lot to the track by merely being prince but like ballad of dorothy parker i think he makes that song yeah you couldn't not be prince and sing that song (laughs) but i think there's other songs on here that if just anyone put them out 
I don't think anyone would have cared. Specifically citing songs like Starfish and Coffee, which is okay, but certainly doesn't knock it out of the park. I'm listening to this and I'm expecting an 80s album full of love songs, right? And so to get something that was so different, like, again, it just kept like, it opened another door I wasn't expecting, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, we already got the love song. Okay, where else are we going to go? Oh, now we're going into this room of, like, bubbles and rainbows and shit? Like, you know? It was just like, you caught me off guard again, Prince. You know? Like, what the fuck? But <laughs> yeah. w- w- with the fucking, like, listening to this song, though, like... The lyrics? <laughs> when I say fine, and then I go to Wikipedia, and I see across the board, every publication is given a 5 out of 5, like, I don't see it when i'm thinking about songs like starfish and coffee or other songs i was lukewarm on like uh forever in my life strange relationship i can never take the place of your man these songs are not five star songs i i'd actually disagree <laughs> I, it does go a little on too long at why the end. is it six and a half minutes the melody of that and the synth on that was so fucking smooth and mm. perfect that i was just like because i'd actually like the song before that strange relationship was one where i was just like Huh, okay, expressing these weirdly complex emotions. It's one of those songs where it's just like, you know, uh, I feel like at the time people would be like, oh, you know, to make a song about, like, a bad relationship, you're romanticizing it, right? But, like, there's something about this that he makes it so weirdly complex that it's too cryptic to feel like it's glorifying it, Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, so it brings you in in that interesting way, and now... To the end that I was, like, just listening just to hear where it went on Strange Relationship with I Can't Take the Place of Your Man, I felt like that amped it up and added the melody and everything that, like, was like, even if I don't know what's happening, I enjoy this so much and it's so fucking cool and smooth. Going back to Starfish and Coffee, though, I thought this was interesting. Like, I'm just, like, listening to it and how, you know, every other song sounds like this hard plastic synth, you know, and this one sounds, like, very soft. And I'm like, the fuck's going on? You know, and so it just caught me off, like, just by that, right? And, you know, I was like, okay, what's what's happening in the song? It's like, you know, is it like that Stevie Wonder song where it's like, oh, you know that song Overjoyed, where if you listen to it, you know, he replaces the, the, the snare, I mean, uh, the hi-hat with, like, a water droplet. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what you know, what's he doing? So I'm like, I, I'm looking up stuff to, like, figure out what's going on. And I couldn't find anything. I think, like, he probably, like, reversed the snare sound to make that sound backwards. That's what I feel like I'm getting from that, which is kind of cool. And, again, like, just adding a certain color which is interesting so i look up what the song's about like according to susanna melvoin uh, she had a friend named cynthia who is autistic and would tell her that uh, every day what she had for breakfast was starfish and pee pee i never understood the combo meal and frankly nobody else could it seemed like the deal breaker for most kids more importantly the kids in our class who had no interest in how cynthia came to get her morning breakfast Prince loved Melvoin's story of Cynthia Rose and instantly saw that they would make for a good song, but, quote, the PP's gotta go. Wow, that fucking Prince restraint. I'm not going to lie, though. If we're putting this in the context of weird, spaced-out Beatles songs, I gotta say to you, I think this is probably what, like, Prince wrote a better Beatles song (laughs) than most Beatles songs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but, like, yeah, you know, with this type of psychedelia rock, isn't there lots of, you know, weird nonsense words about butterscotch and stuff like that? And, like, but with this, it's like, but there's, but there's, like, actually a bit of a story. And, like, I don't know, it just pulled me in in a way that I feel like, 
you know, I felt like I had to enjoy a Beatles song because of, you know, the prestige of it. So if it doesn't make sense of why they're in a the yellow submarine, it doesn't fucking matter. You're supposed to respect it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. This. Like, you know, the Octopus's Garden sounds like a children's song or some shit, but, you know. <laughs> I think you judge the Beatles discography on, like, four songs. No, 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 not a, no, no, because I actually gave them uh, an extensive listen, but that was when I was going through my cross arms, like, why aren't these lyrics the best lyrics ever? But, you know, so I already have just that, like, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, Prince is, is, you know, this isn't your dad's Beatles, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'm already on Prince's side, right? As I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, you bring in a new color to it and, and added a little extra little twist to it that, are, that only a Prince like you could bring, you know what I mean? And as I'm listening to it, it's like, yeah, these things that feel very weird and slightly nonsensical, but like, maybe they make sense if you're this person. Like, it, 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 that's what it was. Like, as I'm listening to a song, it felt like maybe if I stayed in this world long enough, I might be able to understand the sort of Alice in Wonderlandian sort of thing. But like, it, but it, in a way that like with the Beatles songs, it just felt like, was that just nonsense? I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh yeah, I got to Slow Love. And th that was the first track where it actually felt like he was doing like a traditional song. When I tell you this shit was the most breezy fucking making love with the curtains open on a on a breezy summer day type of shit. I, and again, it was like, once again, he's doing the slow AM love ballads even better than everything I had heard in the eight. And it's like, this motherfucker can't be stopped in any fucking venue. And then the hot thing came on after I was like, God damn it. Once again, it wasn't until forever in my life <laughs> where I was like, all right, now we're getting a little, we're getting a little generic now. <laughs> I think Slow Love is textbook Prince. This is what most people think of when you think of Prince is the fucking baby making, smooth as shit. Mm -hmm. And this is absolutely what that is. And I think he does it really the well in here. It's definitely one of the better tracks on here, in my opinion. Hearing that song, it's like, oh, you're able to slow it down. And the way he's fucking sped it back up. I'm listening to this shit. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, the fucking almost piercing lonely wail he does on this track, which despite being so sharp, it still works for the song. It's just insane. All the motherfuckers in the 80s, you needed to fucking bow down and kiss this man's manicured toes. He was making so much better content music than you assholes. Like, holy shit. So with the, all the other tracks that came before, where it was like, where there were weird spots, it just, the, the charm of Prince was able to get carry me along with it. Like, yeah, by the time I got to Forever in My Life, it was just like, all right, the 80s sheen is starting to starting to come off a little bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then when the cross came in, it was just that like... That was a surprise. Every time I think, I don't know when this motherfucker's gonna get... When he was getting with the generic song, it almost felt like the generic song was there just to be like, oh, you think I'm? it's just gonna... Oh, oh boring old album, isn't it? Oh, after the, the first half of the album, it's just gonna be a bunch of generic guests. Oh, you weren't expecting the religious song, but I'm actually gonna make you feel this shit motherfucker like you know what i mean it was all that type of shit where it was like usually the 80s song oh we're gonna bring in the the cheesy just like the prayer you know the happy fun choir no he didn't do that shit like he brought it down and brought you into it like he made you take it seriously you know what i mean it didn't it didn't just feel like it's oh you know spirit in the sky like oh it's time to make the gospel song it was just like no this has been really like this is something that I feel is important to us, and we, you know what I mean? Like, like, and it's one of those things. Like, it felt like he was a different persona because it's like, there's no way this is the same guy who was having the problematic relationship. And so yeah, that's something that just made it solidify. I was like, oh, you're taking me to all these different weird fucking places that I was not expecting. Yeah, man, it's, it was just fascinating that like just this late in the album, still giving me like yet another like dope jam. And and it's one of those things that's always fascinated me because it's like. 
growing up, I always remember hearing like, oh yeah, Prince is all about sex, 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 and you know, all the the, the censorship hates him, and you know, the, the PMRC and all the 80s mothers who want to take him down, and yet, you find out, like, if you actually know about Prince, he's this weirdly very religious person who was like going through a lot of different changes, like... Like, he went from a Seventh-day Adventist to a Jehovah's Witness. Right, like, yeah. What type of journey is that? Like, what? And yet you still are like, but sex is this beautiful thing that, like, will not be disrespected. Like, what's going on in this man's mind? He has that thing that makes you want to come along for that journey. Because, like, even though I'm not going to get any answers, I, I just want to I just want to know what's going on. I just want to see the upholstery in your insane mind. You know what I mean? Like, by the time we get to it, it's going to be a beautiful night. And, like, it feels like we just went outside and we're now in the backyard you know and like we're about to play one more jam and it's like nope nope wait i got another love song this is the hardcore baby with the door where it's just like still bringing that goddamn heat in a way that it's just like where he goes like smash up my ride well maybe not the ride but i gotta have your face all up in my place and i'd like to thank the man <laughs> like like the way he just slipped in that real quick in a way that i can't even fucking try to do like i'd like to think that i'm a man of a squiz it tastes 100 percent italian sub imported Egyptian lace. I'm like, ooh, fucking glamorous. Like, God, he was spitting some shit. Like, that sounded some like some flossy 2000s rap type of shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you just made like a mini verse that sounded better than like all of the fucking New Jack Swing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything else to say? <laughs> uh, no. What did you end up getting? You know, I'm taking into consideration some of the things that you were saying. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, there is one too many tracks where there's just kind of confusing. And whereas in some tracks, it gives you so much that it feels like just another, like, even if I don't get it, I'm enjoying so much that I'm just stargazing as to the beauty of what's going on in the tracks. You're still tracks, giving it that fucking five, aren't you? Uh, I was, I was going to say four and a half, actually. Four and a half. I'll give it four and a half. <laughs> I fucking knew it. No. Um, I'm going to catch some hate. I ended up with a three. <gasps> Oh, that, yeah, I, I'm going to kill you. I'm running <laughs> over there right now. <laughs> How dare you? You spit on this man's grave. <laughs> you piss in the eye. <laughs> you piss. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there's definitely some highlights on here. Um, I don't quite see the height of... It being considered his best album, best of the decade, all around. I don't see that. And that's the funny thing. Like I said, I legitimately feel like the album that we listened to, like the Artificial A, is like, that was him elevating the game. Like, and it was just like, after people were paying attention, I, I can imagine that could be frustrating. Like, <laughs> you're making the, like, the absolute best of your shit. And it's like, God damn, I didn't like that old shit. It has the dusty drums on it. No, I cleaned it up now. Now it sounds really good. Fuck. When Musicology came on, that was like one of his last big hit singles that he had. And even then, I was just like, this is so cool. I don't even give a shit that this guy is like 47, 48 years old. Like, and as you're watching the video, he looks in no way 47, 48 years old. And you're just like, this, like, I remember even friends of mine saying like, man, I want to dance like the dudes in the musicology video. Like, 15-year-old oh. or whatever friends of mine were like, that 48-year-old guy, I want to be like him. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's how just universally cool this guy was. He just came back, made a real quick hit, and everyone just liked it. Like, there were, like it wasn't even, uh, oh, Aerosmith came back, and isn't it interesting that they have a late pair? It was just kind of like, oh, oh, uh, hit. Yep, wanted to make another hit, and here you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> this is what I do when I want to make another hit. I just make it sound so good that you can't resist it. It's just kind of what I do. <laughs> All right, you guys gonna buy the other albums that I'm doing after this? No, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right, I'm just I just retreat to my mansion with hot chicks and crushed velvet and play basketball. Oh yeah. You know. Do all the prints and things I do and, and <laughs> fucking go to Jewish people's houses and put watchtower fucking booklets on their <laughs> doorstep. Oh, Jesus. Did you hear about that? No. that happened? <laughs> it was like uh, the, the one Jewish family had reported that like, yeah, they had seen him leaving a clock, t- uh, one of the clock tower things for Jehovah's Witnesses oh, on their doorstep. Prince. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, for real? Can you imagine? Can you imagine just being out one day and it's like, that can't be Prince walking up to my fucking doorstep. <laughs> that better not be Prince. <laughs> that better not be Prince. Get the fuck out of here, Prince. I am going to convert. <laughs> that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Big, big thanks to everyone who requested albums this week for us to review. Sorry if we disappointed you in any way, well, shape, did, or form, because I know... You paid for it. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> I just imagine both people are going to be disappointed in one way or another. But, hey... That's the name of the game, I think. And it just shows just how honest we are. <laughs> we don't give a fuck if you are paying us. <laughs> that is the going-off guarantee. That the brutal honesty... <laughs> The brutal honesty, the the raw truth, nothing but brass Absolutely tacks. no love, and absolutely no lube, my friend. Oh, oof. Yikes. No, no Vaseline. Am I right? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to us and checking us out. Bad albums do get fucked with no Vaseline. There you go. <laughs> um, if this is your first time listening to us, well, first of all, welcome aboard. Second of all, uh, we have 250 other episodes, give or take. It occurred to me that mm-hmm. that numbering might not be 100% accurate. Oh, yeah, because of this part twos and... <laughs> Ooh, that's for the, the deep lore Star Trek-like fans who are like, no, there's 251 because one was a two-parter where they reviewed two different albums. Excuse me, rap critic, but I do believe that there was one episode that wasn't numbered and you still counted it to 250. I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Or- oh, God. <laughs> But thank you very much. All the rolled episodes are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. So you can play some catch-up and listen to all 200 and... F- There's 250 or more to hear! To see! You to hear! <laughs> to be a to going, be a going off. off! Master is your destiny! <laughs> Onyx! For- I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that about wraps it up for going off. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week for the show since i already said it, it feels weird to say it again i'm muse and i'm rap critic and all right cool we're done with the podcast okay i'm, I'm gonna go watch some more adventure brothers because I, I really I, I really just got into it since, just since hearing it got canceled and, oh my god i, I can't i can't stop watching right?